Halo fam, the Super Bowl has come and gone. Pitchers and catchers report this week. Players are already in Tempe Diablo Stadium. Spring training games are right around the corner. Halos in the infield has you covered on all this and more. Up next. What's up, Halo fam? Halo Joe here. Just wanted to thank each and every one of you for checking out this new episode. Make sure to keep it tuned here to Halos in the Infield's baseball network all season long as we drop content every day. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Also, make sure to crack the like button and leave a comment. Make sure you also smash that bell icon to be notified every time we drop an episode or go live. Also, check us out on our other platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. We can also be found on Apple Pod, Podbeam, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Don't forget to leave that five-star review. Thank you again, Halo fam, and with that, let's get this show on the road. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield. I'm your host, Todd Fox, with the other host of the show. The Lone Star Halo, Fernando, but I'm here in the Garden State today wondering why Mike Trout likes living here. <laughs> yeah, whenever we see the smokestacks in the background, if you're watching on YouTube, we know exactly where you are, my friend. He's no longer in the, uh, the Lone Star State. He's actually represented New Jersey. Yeah, the Garden State, the state where you can't pump your own gasoline. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sometimes I wonder if you can't pump your own gasoline because they're afraid that people in New Jersey will drink the gasoline from the nozzle. It's probably safer than the water that they drink, to be honest with you. It's definitely better than the food they eat here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's Mike true. Trout. If you ever come on the show, we love New Jersey. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the first question I ask him. <laughs> there you go. So what the hell do you eat there, Mike? You can't you can't survive off of Taco Bell and the halal guys, okay? <laughs> <laughs> speaking of mike though what we got to get into right now and first off out of the way get it out of the way for business purposes like and subscribe to the youtube page please uh, uh look out for the notification uh bell every time we post something uh especially check out the podcast like and subscribe to that we got a bunch of merch coming the season's going to be epic and uh anything else we have to drop on them uh follow our friends at catella chronicles follow our friend randy at fast times under the halo and follow Halo Joe's Facebook group. I think they're called the Halo Joe's right now. Exactly. And give a like over or a follow over there on Instagram for Halo Joe as well and Fast Times. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that's with a business out of the way. Uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the Angels, obviously. And we're going to talk oh, wait, about wait, five star review. Leave a five star review. There Sorry you to go. cut you off. There you go. No, you're Forgot good. You're that good. Part. <laughs> It's always needed. Yes, please leave a five star review. Even if you just put a smiley face next to it, that's perfect. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the roster, uh, sleepers and creepers, uh, and, uh, guys that are, we think are going to come up big for the angels this year and, uh, guys to look out for in spring training that are going to make a, uh, a case for maybe getting called up in September. And then, uh, we're also going to talk about news and notes. And one thing I wanted to ask you right, real quick, right off the mm -hmm. shoot, before we start talking about roster invitees and all that stuff is Mike Trout came out yesterday and said basically, hey, I'm going to do whatever it takes to keep Otani here. What do you think he means by that? Um, I don't know. I think it means exactly what you think it does. I mean, I think it's Mike Trout saying, you know what, man, I've been the guy here in Anaheim, or I should be the guy, like I'm the face of the franchise. 
you know, because yeah, Otani's the most talented player on the Angels. I, I I don't think that's a hot topic. I think he's the most talented baseball player that we've ever seen in our lifetimes. So, but I think it's Mike Trout saying like, hey, you know, most people associate this as my team. I'm going to put the team on my back this year. I'm going to do what I can to get us to October. And that's the reason why Otani is going to stay. I mean, aside from that, I don't know what else it means. I mean, maybe Otani likes, I don't, In-N-Out Burger because he likes subpar cheeseburgers. <laughs> maybe... Uh, maybe Mike Trout's going to make sure that his favorite pistachio milkshakes are are stocked up in the clubhouse. I don't know. Trout knows Otani seemingly more than any of us do. So maybe it is something like that, but um, I I, I don't know. I'm going to give Trout the benefit of the doubt though. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. Uh, I I just think he has maybe a little inside track on maybe uh, whispering in his ear about you know the benefits share uh, the benefits of being here in Anaheim and also trying to win here. Um, you know, obviously he can't speak too much upon that because we haven't done much winning, but it, ju- it does seem like the last I would say this is a best shot that I've seen the Angels have in the last five years at least. You know, as far as a a roster coming into spring training that looks very promising, whether it's the double AA, A, triple A guys knocking on the door or the actual roster itself, including the bench starting rotation and bullpen seemingly all in good shape. Um, the only problem I have, you know, it, this isn't the Dodgers division to where you're only looking at one other opponent. You know, you're looking at three other opponents that are going to be nipping at your heels and pretty you know kicking you while you're down if you get down like you did last year in that 14 game losing streak you probably only got one patsy in the division that's oakland and oakland always finds a way to to keep it close so you really can't call them a pansy so what do you what do you think uh his argument would be as far as the division and the baseball i know you were talking about you know pistachio you know stuff like that and food and whatnot but, I mean, the financial benefits of him being here, his career benefits of being here, you think that's talked about? Or or do you think really Trout believes his team can win? I mean, Trout, I don't really know. A lot of people are like, well, Trout obviously likes being in Anaheim, which is, which is true. I think he does. But, I mean, in terms of does he believe this team is a legitimate long-term winner, I mean, jury's out, right? Mm-hmm. Clearly, he liked being in Anaheim enough to sign what's essentially a lifetime contract. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the best thing that that Trout's going to try to do is, you know, encourage Otani like, hey, man, this is the place for you. You know, we've had some good times here. Remember, this organization believed in you when nobody else did during your Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. They gave you the keys to the kingdom and what was it? 2020? Yes. Or no, it was 2021 when they finally took Otani off his leash and they let him pitch and hit at the same time. At his leisure, basically, do whatever you want. Exactly. It's up to you. You do what you want. You know you know your body more than we do, and that's kind of when Otani took off, and obviously last year was the same kind of thing, and they said they're going to do it again in 2023. So, I mean, I'm, I, I'm guessing it's going to be something along those lines. Like, hey, remember that this team believed in you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> if that's the case and putting his faith in, in the organization – Hopefully he's seen the moves that they've made. And obviously they're not blockbuster long-term deals, but you know, we've said it last couple podcasts, you know, if, if the longer this goes, the less chance of him re-signing. Cause I think if it gets into a bidding war, 
the Angels aren't right there because one thing you mentioned was as soon as Artie took over or took back over the reins and controlled his team, the money's dried up. Sorry, I thought you had like a you had a longer point. You're like the money's dried up. And I, just and I was like, like okay. <laughs> just like I stopped my point right there, they stopped spending money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, as soon as Artie's like, hey, I'm sticking around. Yeah, it's the off season felt like it hit just a grinding halt. It was just it mm. was over. Like they they have not done anything. We've been at the sand still. We keep waiting. We keep waiting for another move or another signing, whether it's significant or not. That's true. We haven't gotten anything, man. It's just, it's all quiet. It's been crickets. Now, Artie Moreno was spotted at spring training, according to Sam Blum. You know, we know that Artie Moreno is the kind of guy, he'll come out, he'll be like, hey, sign a lot of autographs. And he leaves and the players don't hear from him for the rest of the year. And that's legitimately what he does. That's, that is Artie Moreno. You know, and it's weird for, you know, an owner who has been perceived as so hands-on, a very Jerry Jones-esque owner, um, that's not what you would imagine. You know, Jerry Jones has his fingerprints all over the Cowboys. He's in all the games. And granted, there's a lot less football games than baseball games. But it's so weird for such a seemingly hands-on owner like Artie Moreno, he is kind of hands-off when it comes down to it. That is true. That is true. And you would think, you know, like, again, I think he um, he's pretty quiet on day-to-day stuff, but when it comes, like you said, to contracts and he's all over the place. And speaking of contracts, you also mentioned uh, last year or the year before when we first started was when, um, you know, Albert Pujols was, you know, don't, don't say that you've seen the last of Albert Pujols in an Angels jersey or Angels uniform or Angels anything because he has that contract after his career is over the tenure services contract yeah yes and sure enough you're right he reported today as well to the angels training camp uh he's going to be a special instructor to some of these hitters so uh true or false the double plays go up this year (laughs) you know we, we make fun of albert pujols a lot about the double plays especially in these clutch situations but one thing i will say about albert pujols when bases were loaded or, you know, there was a situation where we needed a clutch hit, Pujols was always one of the guys who I felt the most comfortable. Even when we were getting the tail end of his career and, you know, 18, 19, 20, he was still the guy I wanted up there. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was because you knew he probably wasn't going to strike out. He was going to make contact. And, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of times that wasn't a double play. But at the end of the day, this is baseball. You need to put the ball in play to potentially come through you're not going to come through if you strike out but if it's a ground ball you gave yourself a chance you gave the team a chance unfortunately his legs were kind of lost so it just resulted in lots of double plays but you gotta admit man when you needed a you needed a clutch hit pools was the guy who you wanted up there aside from maybe trout and that was you know before otani turned into really otani there was an there was an aspect to that, I believe so. I, I think when you needed a fly ball to score a run and had a runner at third, I, I saw him more often than not get the job done. Yeah, he was very good at that. You know, yeah, uh, he, 
a pop out to the outfield to score the run. But hey, that gets the job done. Yeah, yeah. He just wasn't the he he just wasn't the player we imagined he was from St. Louis because yeah. one thing that I noticed as soon as he came to Anaheim, I mean as soon as he came to Anaheim, it seemed like his plantar fasciitis switch turned on and he when he would run the bases, he was always like like huffing and puffing. You could see his cheeks exploding and it took him a while, you know, like it looked like it was just painful going around the bases. So I mean, I felt for him in that way, but I was like, damn, dude, he he literally blew a tire or two, you know, when he came to Anaheim. You know, that was that was the only thing I, I struggled with when he came here. Yeah, right. He looked like uh Lightning McQueen in the first movie when his tires exploded. He's like <laughs> <laughs> he's just trying to get there and he sticks his tongue out to like, you know, tie the race. Yeah, I'm sure because he has kids, he knows who Lightning McQueen is. But if you were to say, no, 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 not the Lightning McQueen that wins the race, the Lightning McQueen that sputters out, that's who yeah. you are. He, he would the one that me. barely tied the race, had to literally blow a gasket just to tie. That's yeah. you, Albert. <laughs> yeah, we when we won't play his uh, his song that uh, that uh, Roger likes to play for him. Oh, know. God, that's super racist, like 20 <laughs> seconds. Da, 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 da. La Machina. All right. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't enough to cancel Roger? No, unfortunately not. He's Teflon yeah. still. He's still a made yeah. man by Artie. I'm just so happy that he acknowledged you calling him a boot-looking house man. Man, oh, man. <laughs> that was an accomplishment. That was, dude. I'm glad, I'm glad he did that. And the fact that when I when I pranked him and I talked back to him and his voice, he, uh, he, he mentioned John Stamos immediately. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. No hesitation. Good times. Good times. But, let, but uh, okay. yeah. No, no. I was just going to say, yeah, man. I mean, you know. We'll see. Here's the thing about Albert Pujols, and the thing I will always say about him, the guy was definitely a pure hitter. You know, watching him take batting practice in spring training in, what, 16, 17, and, like, 18. Mm -hmm. Man, watching him take batting practice was poetic. Talk about a guy who knew uh, what – he knew his swing. He knew what to do. It was so weird. Like, you know, most of the time batting practice, the guys were just swinging for the fences. But, man, Albert Pujols – Every single time we hit in the same spot in left field, the same spot in right field, same spot in center. He would just try to get in the same patch of grass. And it was amazing how he was able to do that, man. He was he was a great hitter. You know, I wish we could have really seen the Albert Pools we deserve to see here in Anaheim. Unfortunately, we didn't get that. Exactly. I mean, he's definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no doubt oh, about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. He'll go in as a Cardinal. So Absolutely. So we won't, <laughs> even though we paid the most for him. Um, so with that being yeah. said, Last thing before we get to the roster, I wanted to ask you this. Benefits of having Albert Pujols as a special hitting instructor to the young kids and to the other guys, like you mentioned, the things that that he does behind the scenes. Maybe it didn't equate as an angel on the field, but you think his knowledge from the Cardinals, his his hitting, his his workout regimen, along with the new staff on hand that are the hitting instructors, do you think this is going to be the shot in the arm? that this lineup and players coming in and out of the uh, off the bench are going to uh, benefit from? Here's the thing. Say what you want about Albert Pujols, and you know we know who he was as a player here in Anaheim. But at the end of the day, Albert Pujols is the kind of guy, love him or hate him, as a player, as a coach, whatever. If Albert Pujols is talking, people listen. Okay. I mean, and you can't tell me that's wrong. Nope. You know, even the Angels fans who hated him near the end of his Angels run and wanted him gone. If Albert Pujols speaks, you listen. He he demands that kind of respect. You look at him, he's a top five home run hitter of all time. 
regardless of who he was here in Anaheim, he is still one of the best pure hitters in baseball. If that man tells you to do something with your swing, chances are you're not going to ask questions. You're going to do it. True. Now, is that for better or for worse? Jury's out on that. But, you know, we all still like the fact that he was a respected man in the locker room. He, uh, it seems like he did a decent job coaching up the young kids. You know, he was a, uh, he was a pretty big part in CJ Crone figuring his swing out when he'd first come up. Mike Trout said that he was super, super, uh, you know, aside from Tory Hunter, uh, that Albert Pools was the other dude he looked up to when he was coming up in what 2012, you know, when he was still getting his footing in 13, 14. Obviously, yeah, by then he would already won an MVP and a rookie of the year, yeah, in 14 when he won the MVP and the rookie of the year in 2012. But still, you know, Mike Trout was still figuring himself out as a young player. He looked up to Albert Pools a lot, and I'm sure there's a lot of other guys who did whom you know we might not know, but at the end of the day, he's a respected guy, and I really can't see it hurting just keeping him around in some capacity to coach up some of these young guys at the end of the day, man, it can't hurt. You know, we always say that the angels do a horrible job of embracing their past. Technically Albert pools. Isn't really the past. I mean, he's what, you know, two, three years ago, but he's one of Artie's past guys, you know, like exactly. it'd be something like if Guerrero would be offered that I would love to see that. But with, with, with it- Guerrero was an Artie guy too, which is weird. Yeah. The, the thing, and you haven't really seen him around, but once or twice since his retirement. But I will say this: um, with Albert being who he is, uh, I think, and, and now the uh, the hitting coach, his name escapes me right now, came over from the Yankees. I know he preaches, you know, patience at the plate, and you know the Yankees always get into those longer counts and like to make pitchers throw more pitches. So that's a good sign for the Angels, but also the aggressiveness around the zone. So they they practice that too. I think Albert fits that mold of the new coaches coming in where, you know, they're going to be preaching more selective hitting and selective, you know, taking a pitches because, you know, for whatever, you know, criticism that we give Albert, you know, the thing was he gave you good at bats, you know, it was rare. I mean, he hit into some double plays. Yes. We all know that a lot of double plays all time yes. leader in that, but I mean, he walked a lot and he did work counts pretty deep a lot too. So yeah, I'm looking at his strikeout numbers right now. And I mean, they're, not really historically high. Yeah, I mean he was a he was a patient hitter throughout his entire career. That's one thing he stayed uh very uh consistent with with the Angels. So hopefully he could pass some of that knowledge on along with some of the, the, the new hitting instructors that we got coming in here because obviously Nacho Man is now corporate Nacho. Uh and we've moved <laughs> on from uh Pokemon Jeremy Reed as the servers the servers went down for the official Pokemon game, so did Jeremy Reed. He left the stadium, so yeah, right. So as an angel, I'm going to read you who holds his strikeout numbers. So okay. obviously starting in 2012, 76, 55, 71, 72, 75, 93, 65, 68, 25. And I'm not going to count 2021 because he was here for such a short period of time. And that was only 13. But 2017 was his most, and that was at 93. I mean, there's players who, you know, strike out 200 times a year now, especially. Well, for power hitters that are supposedly at his level, yes, they strike out 150 to 200 times. Or, you know, so so his strikeouts were, even with 93, are, I would say, for his you know, capability of power and, and the way that most power hitters have to be aggressive in the zone, 
I'd say he was a good 30 to 40% lower than some of those hitters. So that's good. And those numbers yeah. are resemble some of the early 90s of power hitters of what they would average because they didn't average you no know, 200 strikeouts back then. So I agree with you. He, uh, he, he was very, you know, contact was king with him and uh, also working walks. So. Yeah, you know, we make fun of him a lot for the for the double plays. And, you know, hey, rightfully so. Double plays aren't great either. Mm-hmm. But once again, man, all you could ever do is give yourself a chance. And in baseball, you have to make contact to give yourself a chance. And he did that. You know, True. unfortunately, a lot of times it definitely led us to double plays. And maybe if he were just a little faster, those double plays would have decreased a little bit. <laughs> that but, is true. You know, it's just one of those unfortunate things. But, you know, I, I'm here for it. You know, he's on that 10-year services contract, so we'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, it can't hurt to have a guy like Ira Pujols around. Like I said, he's the kind of guy who who commands respect because he's been around for so long. You know, if he tells you to jump on a baseball sense, you're going to ask him how high because that's Albert Pujols. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so what we're going to do, we're going to get into the rosters right here. Uh, I'm going to start on the 40-man. I'll name off a player if you want to leave a comment. Or, or a prediction, go for it, and then I'll bump on to the next player. Okay, and now these are spring training predictions? Uh, yeah, this is either spring training or uh, – yeah, let's go spring training since we'll do, we'll do, we'll do that first because yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about, you know, some some normal season stuff like Hunter Redford is going to hit 25 home runs. But, I mean, you know, also we're going to have, I'm sure, an episode right before opening day. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. we're gonna well, Once we get to the actual roster, it's going to be set. We're going to definitely dive into it more making our predictions but basically uh give give it like a uh you know a comment on on what they're going to do for spring training and then also uh your expectations basically like yeah so we're going to start out with a 40-man roster start with the pitchers tyler anderson number one we'll see what we get out of tyler anderson right he's going to have a he's going to have a spring training with essentially no pressure he's got a three-year deal he doesn't have to worry about, you know, putting on his his best foot forward. Yes, he's coming to a new organization. Yes, it's a cross-town rival from the Dodgers. But at the end of the day, you know, he's not going to have the pressure of having Shohei Otani around all spring training because Otani is going to be in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, that's a good So point. Tyler Anderson will be the guy during spring. He'll be the big pitcher everyone's looking at because he's probably our biggest acquisition this offseason, arguably. Unless something else falls, uh, yeah, he definitely is. He'll be featured. That let's just say that. Yeah. <clears throat> Expectations on Jaime Biera. I think Jaime has a lot to prove. I think he has the opportunity to be the sixth man, mm. who Phil Nevin said is going to be the swing man. You know, I, I think Locked On Angels. Shout out to those guys over there. They do a good job. Uh, had said that the sixth man will only have to pitch roughly sixteen games because Phil Nevin had said that on days where they have a rest day, they won't be using a sixth man. So I think Jaime has the opportunity to be that guy. I, I like Jaime, man. I always have liked him since what, 2017? Yeah, he's yeah, he's been he's been fairly decent. He had one rough patch there, but other than that, he's yeah. he's been pretty he also solid. He really hasn't had a, a legitimate chance. You no, know, I... last year was kind of his big shot. They gave him a legitimate chance and he made the most <clears> of it, man. He did a great job. He did. He filled in very, very good, uh, and he was also a great long man. When we had the rare times we had a bad start from a pitcher, he came in there and gave us some quality innings. Dude, an ERA of 2.61, 54 strikeouts. It's pretty good. He only walked 19. Yeah, he was decent, man. Very much so. I, I, I Now I see the reason why they kept him. Uh, here's, one, here's one that has a big question mark for me, and that's Griffin Canning. 
Canning and Chris Rodriguez are in the same camp, man. You know, what are these guys? I I don't care what they can be. I know what they can be. I've seen Griffin Canning when he's sharp. I saw him in his major league debut against the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Um, I know what he's capable of. Same with Chris Rodriguez. Unfortunately, Chris Rodriguez to me is the same thing, man. He's always been a what-if kind of guy. The Angels have too many what-if guys. They've had too many what-if guys over the last, you know, decade or so. Tired of it. I, you know, Griffith Canning's got to come in here and he's got to prove something, man, because um, well, know, let me it, let me ask you a hot seat, let me hot, hot seat question real quick. Uh, Griffith Canning or, or Rodriguez, do one of them make the team or neither? Honestly, I think it's up to their health. Realistically, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's 24 in Rodriguez and a guy who's 26 in Canning. Canning's starting to get up there in age, man. I feel like he was drafted in what, like, I think it was five years ago. I think it was 17 or maybe eight. Uh, it was something like that. Yeah. Okay. He was, what, he was the second round pick. Yes. A uh, couple, a uh, couple guys were quick to, to look at here. Daniel Davis and Tucker Davidson 32. Yeah. Tucker Davidson came over in the Rysel Iglesias trade as of right now. That's a big head scratcher. Still one of those. Why the hell did we make those move kind of things? But you know, it is what it is. Uh, who is the other guy? Uh, cause Tucker Davidson's six seventy five ERA boy. He's, he's a fringe dude. Uh, Daniel Davis. Yeah. I think Davis was the same thing, right? I don't think he got to play much. Yeah. He, well, he's been, he's been bouncing around. He's been on like four minor leagues. He had a decent triple a last year with salt Lake four forty nine ERA. Uh, but he's given Oof. an opportunity. Yeah. That's not incredible. No, it's not. Compared to like a couple years ago, that'd be great for the Angels, but not after last year. Angels had a great year last year pitching. Yeah, surprisingly. The bullpen was a little shaky at parts, but overall wasn't too bad. True, true. Uh, thoughts on this guy, because this is a newly acquisition too. Carlos Estevez here. He's 4-4, four and four, 3.47 ERA, two saves, but he could be a guy thrown into that closer situation. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be arguably his job to lose in spring training. I mean, it's going to be between him and the human glitch, Jimmy Herget. I think they're <laughs> going to be competing for, for that closing role. You know, Estevez was never a formal closer, but he was really good pitching outside of Coors Field. Fortunately for him, Angel Stadium is not Coors Field. So he has the opportunity to come out here and prove that he belongs. And, you know, I, I honestly, I think he's my favorite currently to be the closer come opening day. Okay, I like that. He's definitely gonna get a shot. Uh, Reed Detmers cool. coming off a you know a weird season where he started hot, got that no hitter, then just hit the skids, went to the minors, and then got hot again. I think we knew that was gonna happen. We knew that the skid was coming. We just didn't think it was gonna be that severe. Fortunately, he went down to AAA. Buddy Carlisle fixed him up, got him right. He came back up, man, and uh, he impressed the end of the year. You know, baseball's a, a marathon, not a sprint. It's all about how you finish, especially a team like the Angels last year who didn't have much to look forward to. You know, it, it's it's a marathon. And the fact that a lot of these guys were able to finish the year off strong, for instance, Aaron Luke did not do very hot coming out the gate. As the season progressed, he started to get a more respectable ERA and he started to come down a little bit. So, you know, I view both those guys on the same boat, finish the year strong, and hopefully they can uh, pick up where they left off. I hope you're right, man, because I do like Reed Detmers. Uh, this is an underrated pickup right here from Cleveland, uh, Justin Garza. Nice young pitcher right here, Cal State Fullerton guy. What do you think he uh, he does for the Angels this year? Uh, you know, I'm not going to be one of those guys who pretends I know a lot about someone I don't know too much about. So Garza, for me, I'd have to do a little bit of research. 
28 innings pitched, 29 strikeouts, a whip of 1.57, ERA of 4.71, two and one record with uh, his career highlights. He's got a killer porn stash. (laughs) 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 Let's see. Five foot 10, he's 28 years old. Career minor league ERA of 4.64, which certainly isn't going to take the world by storm. And his career for the MLB is 4.71, same thing. It's. Mm I, I I don't know, man. I'll I'll reserve any kind of judgment of him for the opening day show where we talk a little bit about him. But I I'd like to see what he can bring to the table. I'll say that. So you think he gets a he's gonna at least get some innings here in the uh in the, oh yeah 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 he, he'll get his opportunity in spring training. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next one is uh Jimmy Herget. You touched on him a little bit. He closed to end the year, finished with nine saves. He actually started a game last year, forty nine games pitched, two forty nine ERA, two forty eight. Sorry. Uh, 63 strikeouts and 69 innings pitch. He had a whip of 0.91. Yeah, I'll tell you this much. Um, everyone, you know, we're all talking about Estevez potentially, you know, being the closer coming out. I, I think the one who would have something to say about that is probably Jimmy Herget. I mean, if you think about it, it, every kid growing up who wants to be a pitcher wants to be a starter, right? Yeah, yeah. Nobody really wants to be a bullpen guy. You come in, you sit around for two hours, you pitch an inning, and then, you know, you go sit in the dugout. Mm-hmm. But if you are a bullpen guy, everybody wants to be the closer, right? You know, you you got to come out. Everyone's like, oh, my God, it's Hell's Bells. <laughs> or I don't know, whatever Houston Street would come out to, and you know, et cetera. Hansel Robles came out of the Undertaker song. So, you know what I mean? Like, if you're not going to be a starting pitcher, you want to be the closer. So, Jimmy Herget had that closing job. So, something tells me that he probably wasn't thrilled when they signed SFS. He was like, hey, what about me, man? I mean – I started off the year with this with an ERA higher than Snoop Dogg. And but man, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Cause I remember Herga got lit up to start the year, and I was just like, dude, who is this clown? Yeah, yeah. And as the year progressed, <clears throat> man, oh man, was I wrong. Herga impressed, you know. And I, I tried not to reserve judgment on people the first week or two because these guys are still trying to figure it out. You know, you can say what you want, but that's what spring training's for. But realistically, I mean, you know. Spring training doesn't really matter, you know, for a lot of these guys. That's where they go there to work on a pitch. All of a sudden, they think they have this pitch figured out. Like, you know, hey, I have my my 12-6 curveball figured out. All of a sudden, come regular season, everyone's teeing off on it. You know, maybe that's Herget's situation. But, man, he finished really strong, and uh, he's also going to compete for that closing role. Yeah, I like I liked what they did with him because he reminded me of what Sosha did with Scott Shields, where he got confidence in him, and then he's like, you know what, I got a bases loaded, nobody out situation, nursing a two run lead, I'm gonna throw Shields in there, and Shields more often than not would get out of it, and he did that with Herget. Well, Madden did that, started with with that, and then it went went into um, our boy Nevin, and his confidence seemed to grow, and I think you could see the moxie in him. Like he was, he, he would, he would look like your, you know, your, your nerd, everyday nerd from Back to the Future. But then, <laughs> I'm telling you, he, he, when he would settle in, he'd get pumped up. He'd take off those glasses, and he looked like a total dif- different guy. The guys respected him. Um, he had herky jerky stuff, man, but it works. It it just works. So yeah, yeah I, I Jimmy like Herget definitely looked like the guy who'd play Peter Pan at your high school musical. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Uh, we have Colton Ingram next, but he has no stats on him. He's a, just a uh, he's on the forty man. He's a left hander. Uh, I guess there's just checking out to see what he's got. Um, another lefty is Aaron Loop. Does he bounce back and and get his ERA not down to Met status, but at least around the twos? Uh, I mean, Aaron Loop apparently is a guy who has had um, off and on years. So he have a year where he's good, a year where he struggles, a year where he's good, a year where he struggles. 
So if that trend continues, this should be a year where he's where he's good at the top of his game. So uh, I, I'm excited. Like I said, uh, he finished the year somewhat strong with a 3.84 ERA. Not great, but his average is a 3.15 for his career. So hopefully he he can you know get it done. Um, let me see. So obviously everyone talks about the Mets here where he had a 0.95 ERA last year. The 3.84 is what worries people 2.54 the year before that 4.50 in 18 in 17, 3.75. So, you know, he kind of does that goes up, goes down, goes up, goes down. So, I mean, Hey, if it's time for the roller coaster, it's about to go down. So let's hope for uh, that, that that's the case. Okay. Sounds good right there. Cause I mean, a dependable lefty out of the bullpen is definitely what this team needs. Um, I'm going to skip over Jose Marte because he wasn't all that good last year. Um, yeah. What we get from him, I don't know if he's going to make it. He he seems to be, to me, like one of those guys that would just come up if someone, if we had a catastrophe in the bullpen, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he'll get his chance during spring training, but, you know, it yeah. might just be to eat some innings. Thoughts on Kajeda now. Now, real quick, I'll just say this. I like Kajeda. He's the next pitcher we're talking about. Another lefty that can help loop out of the pen as, you know, a lefty in a high tense situation. But I've seen Kajeda, and when he's not cocky, he pitches really good. But when you see him get out there with an extra step, I've seen him live and in person and then also on TV, and he sort of has this, you know, he's pumped up before he gets out there. He does a little, you know, little antics in between pitches. He just seems to lose focus. Am I just, am I looking too hard at things, or is that sort of part of his MO? Do you think he would be, he could be better this year? I don't know, man. I think the problem with Jose Kajeda is that uh, he was misused. Completely okay. misused. He, he's brought in, you know, they tried making him a closer. He just doesn't have closer stuff. He doesn't have the juju. He doesn't have the moxie. He doesn't have the makeup. And that's not to say that, you know, Jimmy Herga did. But at the end of the day, man, Jimmy Herga was like a killer. He went out there and he was trying and he was having fun with it. And I think Ahana was in his head. Um, because, man, there was times where he'd come out there and he'd be a great seventh inning guy, he'd be a great setup guy. And then you bring him in or, you know, all those times for a save and he just shot the bed. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but I, I think that if he's used correctly and properly, like uh, he was during certain stretches of the year, he'll be fine. But I don't think he's a closer I by agree. any stretch. <clears throat> I totally agree with that assessment. Good take. Um, we touched on Chris Rodriguez already, potential yeah. closer. We don't want him to be a starter. Yeah, uh, yeah. Patrick Sandoval, do you think he could top his numbers from last year? Uh, he finished six and nine, obviously had a lot of no decisions. And a lot of games where he left one nothing, two to one, yeah. uh, 2.91 uh, uh, ERA, 27 games started and only had 15 decisions, 148 innings pitched, 151 strikeouts. Problem with Patrick Sandoval is he's just had such an unlucky career, man. I mean, the guy's good. I mean, local kid from Mission Viejo. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like he comes out there and he just has a lot of fun, man. He, he He's a fun player to watch. He's an old school kind of lefty. Reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of that Jared Weaver type of presence. He goes out there. He minds his own business. You know, you're not going to get much emotion out of him when he, uh, when he's pitching. You know, you'll see him pump his fist or whatever. But I mean, like emotion, like... He's not getting down on himself. Yeah. You know, he's really good at filtering his emotions out there. Like, yeah, he'll get pumped up. So, I mean, that's why he reminds me a little bit of a Jared Weaver in that sense. But, yeah, when he's out there, man, he is laser focused. And, and I, I really like Patrick Sandoval. He has he needs some respect to his name, man. When you hear baseball fans talk about Patrick Sandoval or just talk about Angels baseball, Sandoval is not a guy who gets a lot of respect. And it's the same thing with Detmer's. 
Difference is a little bit of a hot take. I think Sandoval is going to have a better career than Detmers. No disrespect to Detmers. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a great starter too. But man, Patrick Sandoval in the next five or six years is going to be a, a name in baseball that the true baseball fans really know about. And, and he's going to start getting some respect that he deserves. I totally am on board with that. I really like Sandoval. I think if he had a fork ball like Chuck Finley, I you know you you compare him to your uh, your uh, time with watching the Angels baseball growing up with Jared Weaver. I think he's Chuck Finley, man. Uh, he's he's got great stuff. Chuck Finley was much the same like you, like you talked about Sandoval being. Uh, but the thing was, he was a horse, and Sandoval has been a horse too. I've seen him where he you know he gave up six runs in the first two innings, and he winds up lasting almost seven innings pitching 110, 15 pitches because he settles down and he keeps his team in the game. So I I, I like what he could bring to the table. Hot, uh, well, let me ask you a question real quick. Uh, get, okay. Over, under, do you think he, he has more wins than losses? Let's say 14 or 15 wins, over, under. I want to say under, not because he doesn't have the stuff to win 15 games, because he's just has so many no decisions. I mean, I don't know what his career ERA is, but I want to say it's flirting with being almost right at three. He's been a good pitcher his entire career, man. Mm-hmm. He just he never gets the run des- uh, run support he deserves. So unfortunately, I'm going to go under, but it won't be because of him. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Chase Silseth, does you do you think he has a good enough spring to crack that six man? What what are you, what is his percentages to you of making that six man on the rotation? Uh, I don't think he's gonna get the six man spot. Uh, just because I think they wanted they're gonna let him cook a little bit in the minors. They're gonna let him marinate. I think he'll be a guy who comes up for a spot start here and there. But I think it would be in his best interest to let him marinate just a little bit more in the minors. I mean, dude. This guy was born in the year 2000, just to put it <laughs> in perspective. He's a for, youngster. Uh, exactly, exactly. You know, no disrespect to him. We saw some flashes last year, and, and I think he's going to have some good stuff one day. Uh, and we've seen that in, in segments. But uh, it's going to be in his best interest just to let him cook a little bit more. Maybe he comes up later to help the team for a playoff push, maybe in September for a call-up, not sure. But it'd be in his best interest to let him cook a little bit. I agree because uh, he's got some very good major league stuff. He's just not ready yet. I, I totally agree. Jose Serrano would be making his major league debut. He's on the forty man roster, but I'm pretty sure he'll start in the minors. So we haven't we don't have a book on him yet. Jose Suarez. Uh, a lot of us were impressed by the way he pitched, uh, sp- especially in the second half last season when Nevin took over. He began to get more innings. Uh, do you think he can repeat his good performances from last year because his numbers? Finished out uh, eight and eight uh, with a three point nine six ERA, twenty two ga- or twenty games started, one hundred nine pitch uh, innings, and one hundred three strikeouts. Well, Jose Suarez, elemente. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's a really streaky pitcher, man. When he's on it, he's on it, and when he's not on it, he's not on it. I mean, <laughs> that's that's my groundbreaking information right there. Wow. But uh, yeah, exactly. I'm gonna sell some of the other people again. But realistically, what? the thing with Jose Suarez is it's exactly that. I mean, he there is stretches where he is, you know, he's a number three in the rotation type of pitcher. And then there's some stretches where this guy needs to go back to double A. Uh, it's just uh, hopefully some consistency and hopefully getting the keys to the kingdom will help him out a little bit. I think he's going to be the guy who's fighting for that sixth role. I think he's going to be a bullpen guy the other the other stretch of time. And I think that might be the role for him. I'm sure you remember in, what was it, 2021, where that was what he did. 
He came up, he had some spot starts, and besides that, he was in the bullpen, and he was great in that role. I'm hoping he could turn the corner and he could anchor that fifth spot. That's just me. But I can't see a realistic, uh, you know, um, situation where he is what he is, what you just described. Uh, Ryan Tapera, real quick, is he a setup guy or is he a closer? Ryan Tapera is another one of those guys who is going to be fighting for the closer role. He has experience as a closer. And it's a real shame, man, because he's been an established major league bullpen arm for a long period of time. He's played in some big games. He's played for some good teams. Uh, just last year was not the year for him. Maybe it was the Rysel Iglesias story. Rysel Iglesias was not good as an angel last year, and it's because he was hardly used. There was a lot of stretches of losing. Bullpen guys are especially, you know, late inning guys, man, these guys are creatures of habit. You know, they have their routine. They have their methods. They have their way they're going to do things. And when they're not being used often, you, you start to fall out of those routines. You start to get cold because you're not throwing anymore. You know, it's much different pitching in a game when you're forced to come into the seventh inning and you guys are down by six runs and you're just trying to, you know, get some work in. And it's completely different when, you know, a guy like Russell Iglesias is coming in to hold that ball game. Yeah. Or so, like yeah, maybe to pair was the same way. I think you're I think you hit the nail on the head because I can remember a lot of times last year Iglesias and Tapera were brought in in situations where the Angels were either tied or they were down a run or two already because they were in losing streaks or they couldn't score or you know so so yeah you were using them in, in non-familiar situations absolutely great point last two pitchers on the 40-man roster we'll go through these real quick Andrew Wants and Zach Weiss uh both guys who we saw a little bit from at the end of the year Jury's out. I'm interested to see what they do during spring training. I wish I had a little bit more insight on both of those guys. But, you know, we're talking about a Wants who's 27. He's starting to get to the age now where he's got to start showing something. And then Weiss is 30. So both of these guys are, you know, starting to get up there in the in the age where they're starting to, you know, lose. they're not going to have much control anymore team-wise. Mm -hmm. So uh, time will tell. I mean, there's a lot of question marks in, out of these pitchers. Some of them, you know, you know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get out of – uh, a, a guy like Tyler Anderson, right? Or at least you, you think you do uh, based off what you saw uh, um, as a Dodger. You know what you're going to get out of a guy like Detmers, a guy who might be a little wishy-washy, but it's because he's young. He's still figuring it out. Same thing with Sandoval. But the rest of these guys, a lot of them, kind of kind of question marks. But I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, spring training will, will, uh, will show us about these guys. Good take, good take. So then I'll move us on to the unicorn. That would be Shohei Otani. He finished 15 and Who's 9. Who's that? Yeah, who's this guy, right? I don't think he's going to make it. Uh, two, <laughs> 233 ERA, 28-game started, 166 innings pitched, 219 strikeouts. Holy crap. Can he get to 20? That's going to be up to the organization, man. You know, will the Angels give him the help this man deserved, or is he going to have to single-handedly earn some of these wins like he did last year? He did, and but, I mean, if he had any help last year, me and you both agreed he could have had 22 wins last year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, who knows? It doesn't matter. Aaron Judge would have still won, so. Yeah, they would have gave it to him no matter what. Yeah, for those of you guys listening on audio only, I'm shaking my head just in disgust. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was disgusting, man. He was robbed last year. Um, <clears throat> Hitting-wise, we have to talk about the other side of him. Uh, do you think he hits 50 or more? <laughs> the contract year. If there's a year that he is going to do it, it's probably this year. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, at this point, all I could say as a baseball fan, and I'm not even saying an Angels fan, because no matter what, no matter what team he goes to, if he doesn't stick around with the Angels, I'm not going to say that I'll be an Otani fan if he goes to the Dodgers or the Yankees. 
but I will always appreciate who he is as a baseball player, no matter where he goes. You know, even if he was like, he signed with the Yankees or the Dodgers in 2018, he's still the type of guy I would have looked at and been like, man, oh man, is that guy an incredible baseball player? You know, there, there are certain players that you just sit back and you think to yourself, man, I got to watch that guy play baseball. You know, it, it's definitely different now, but, you know, Albert Pujols, you know, I, I was born in 95, so I got to see the good years of Albert Pujols. I got to see him as a Cardinal. That's the kind of guy who, you you know, you tuck your kid at night and you tell him stories about. Otani and Mike Trout are no different, man. Those are the kind of guys. These guys are legends. You know, in 30 years, you're going to be telling your grandkids that, man, I watched Otani play. You got to watch a little bit of him, too, you know, grandson. Yeah. But, uh, man, these guys are just historic pieces. And this you, you can never bet against Shohei Otani. He's proving that to us year in, year out. So, fuck it. We'll roll the dice. 50? Sure. Why not? I hope so. I hope he breaks Judge's record. Or at least uh, the the home run high. That yeah, judge. don't worry. Judge will still win the MVP because he's from New York, <laughs> the land of bad food, bad traffic, grumpy people, and no parking. And East Coast biased. Let's let's blow through the catchers real quick. Uh, this is granted we don't get Gary Sanchez, which just continues to be an everyday rumor. But yeah. Logan Ohapi is listed along with Matt Stassi and Matt Thice as far as catchers for this upcoming season. Out of the three, which is the most solid to you? Honestly, question mark, question mark, question mark. You know, <laughs> Logan Ohapi, yeah, you know, we know what we want to get out of him, but, you know, the guy's 23 years old. He's still essentially a prospect. He made his major league debut great. I mean, this kid was born in the year 2000. Yep. So he's another guy I think he's going to start off in AAA, and it might be best if he does. Matt Dice, 27 years old. This guy's pushing 30. It's time, Matt. You got to you gotta prove it this spring, Matty Ice, because he's a 4A guy. Honestly, he's probably a 6A guy at this point. He's, you know, he's good in AAA. He's solid in AAA. He comes up, doesn't impress anybody. I just feel bad because they've jerked him around so much in his career. You know, we've, yeah, there's that's been fair, several but players. But there comes a time where you, you know, that's not an excuse anymore. That's true. That's true. I'll, I'll say that. This guy, this guy's 27, Todd. You know, at this point, you should know. I mean, he's been in the organization for like five years, six I years. I know. He just has it's, that look where it's like, oh man, I feel bad for him. <laughs> he's got a baby. He's got like a baby face look. He does, dude. He, he does. But he'd also be like, you know, that guy in WWE who like maybe he wins one Amer uh, United States Championship and like that's the pinnacle of his career. Like that was, <laughs> that was his WrestleMania moment. And I think that's just Matt Dice. True, true. But, hey, I said the same thing about Taylor Ward. I think we all did prior to last year, so you never know. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't think he was going to break out, but, man, he did. Yeah, right. And Max Stassi is a guy who did break out in 2020, got his contract, got his bag, and ever since then. Hey, and I'll give Randy a lot of credit. You know, Randy says a lot of stuff, and Randy will be the first to admit that he eats crow and a lot of that stuff. I mean, we all do. That's that's mm -hmm. not just Randy's fault. I, I've said things I that were wrong all the time. But one thing – that Randy said was that Max Stassi wasn't going to earn a lot of that money because he's always hurt. And man, oh man, was he right? He sure was. He sure was. Uh, he uh, let's let's move on to uh, Brandon Jury. Obviously, new addition for the Angels. He had a breakout year: twenty-eight homers, eighty-seven RBIs, batted two sixty-three for the San Diego Padres. However, a lot of people will say, "Well, it was a one-hit wonder," but not so fast. He's he's averaged about fifteen to sixteen home runs in his career. 
and about uh, between 50 and 60 RBIs. He hit a little bit more, getting more playing time there in San Diego due to injury. But uh, do you think he makes that type of impact? Are you looking for similar numbers from San Diego, or are you looking more of career average? Well, I, hopefully we don't get the career the numbers he got with San Diego because, remember, he was with Cincinnati at first, came over, I think, at the trade deadline or right before it. Uh, he was much better as a Red than he was as a Padre. But at the end of the day, what the Angels need is replacement-level players. Brandon Drury doesn't have to come up here and take the world by storm. He's got to come up here, replace Rendell when and if he does get hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, realistically, man, if we can get 120 to 130 games out of Anthony Rendell, boom, A-plus season. That's what I want. Okay. So, you know, Brandon Drury will come in and fill some gaps with that. He'll get Fletcher off his feet, assuming Fletcher isn't is in the starting lineup. There's a lot of rumors saying that he won't be. But she's going to be injured as well. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and Brandon Drury can come out here, be a replacement-level player, and help this team, you know, avoid seeing guys like uh, Velasquez bat 500 times, then we're good. Okay, fair enough. Um, look, 2019, 2021 were probably the best years for one David Fletcher you just brought up. Uh, last year was not a good year for him, often injured and often out of the uh, – the uh, lineup only played 61 games last year compared to his other highs of 157 and 154. Is this a make or break year for David Fletcher? I believe he's got what, two more years left under contract, either one yeah, or but, two, but this could be one that could get him either released or traded. Well, he gets more expensive. Actually, I believe he only got one year left after this. I think he's making 6 million this year. And I think he makes 8 million next year. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, you know, we have it on good authority that Perry Manazian is not sold on David Fletcher. And I mean, it shows, right? That's what we heard. And the organization went out and got Arshella. They got Drury, you know, they got Jake lamb That's as right. a, yeah, they got Jake lamb as a minor league invite. Mm -hmm. Obviously they still have Renhifo. They have Soto. They have Michael Stefanik. They have options. They don't need to go with David Fletcher. If they don't feel like, you know, that, that he has what it takes to be in, in the starting lineup. You know, when I say this all the time, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if, David Fletcher is coming off your bench. That's not a bad weak link to have. It gets a lot worse. Don't it's believe me. Check Andrew Velasquez. <clears throat> That's true. Now, let me ask you this question. Since we'll just go through these infielders, we pretty much know the book on Anthony Rendon. We know about uh, Renifo. You could touch a little bit on uh, Soto and Stefanik, maybe a little Urshela. We know Velasquez and Walsh. But what I'm going to ask you is this. Out of the nine players listed here on the 40-man roster for the infielder spot, most likely five at max six are going to make the team. What would be your safe five to pick out of these nine to make the major league roster to fill out that infield? I'll start with Drury, Fletcher, Rendon, or actually, you know what? Say yay or nay as I go through the names out of the uh, out of the nine. Okay. So Brandon Drury. Yes. David Fletcher. Yep. Rendon. Yep. Renifo. Yeah, he's going to be the starting shortstop. Oh, okay. Hot take. I like that. Uh, Levon Soto. Nope. Stefanik. Nope. Giro Urshela. Stefanik won't be in the organization come the trade deadline. He'll get DFA'd. Okay. Or he'll get traded. Another hot take. I love it. And you better repeat that too on our uh, regular season uh, preview. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, Urshela. Yeah, he'll 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 be the backup first baseman. Ooh, backup first baseman. So he's not going to split time with anybody else. Well, I mean, he'll be splitting time with Walsh because Walsh isn't good at hitting lefties at the moment. So unless something changes. Okay. Squiddy poo. 
uh, I mean, he's not going to make the team. I'm just deciding if I'm going to say he's going to DFA or not. <laughs> no, he'll he'll be in AAA. Do you think? Well, do you think he hits over the Mendoza line in the uh, spring training? Do I think he'll hit his weight? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> he he weighs one seventy. I think he batted like what one seventy one last year. <laughs> yeah, at some point he was. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because I put on the uh, on our TikTok at the the what was it the uh, the All Star game recap. I put doesn't hit his weight, <laughs> and then I put that photo of Artie Moreno with a beard. I'm like, thinks he looks good with a beard. <laughs> dude for to, he got over 200 for about like a week and he finished 196 hey man there you go <laughs> <laughs> he got 322 at bat he stole 322 at bats let's just say yeah that. exactly uh jared yeah, call the police yeah jared, jared walsh is just starting first baseman yeah there you go uh outfield i'll do the same thing here because we'll, we'll touch okay. on a couple of hitters here but uh um first we'll, we'll start out with the the big three Hunter Renfro, is he, he's your starting right fielder? Yep. Okay. Mike Trout, your starting center fielder, right? Yeah, we'll give that scrub a, a spot on the team. Okay, yeah, we'll give him a chance. Uh, <laughs> Taylor Ward. Yeah, he's your left fielder. Okay. Uh, do these guys, out of these three, I presume two will make the team? Maybe one? I don't know. I think it's just going to be one. Okay. Joe Adele, Mickey Moniak, or Brett Phillips? Brett Phillips is going to be your guy. Wow. Okay. So you're going to give both the youngsters back a trip back to Salt Lake. Yeah. I mean, I would, right. I mean, I, I the thing with Mickey Moniak is he's not your future. Mickey Moniak's a guy he'll come up, he'll take him. He'll maybe steal about 200 at bats, but you know, he's not the future of this organization. I mean, uh, bearing anything changes. I mean, yeah, he, he had a couple of good at bats. He had a couple of good little hot streaks before he got hit a thousand times. I don't know, man. I don't have you. You've seen that soccer video. What was a guy named like Scott Sterling or David Sterling, the goalie, the so, the soccer goalie, kept getting hit in the face. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I that was about that, one. that was Mickey Moniak. With that, He's like lying on the oh, ground. Oh god. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they sit him up on a chair and then he gets knocked out. That's like Mickey Moniak. Like, oh, Mickey Moniak's crowded the plate. By God, he gets hit again. Mickey Moniak returns from injury, gets hit again. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, he was like the what is it? The announcer was having like an orgasm because he was making all those spectacular saves with his head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately, man, that's what I think about Mickey Moniak. I mean, no disrespect to him. You know, I'd like I, hey, prove me wrong, please. At the end of the day, I feel like the Angels have legitimate log jams here, and that's good. Log jams breed good, healthy competition. The problem is. Sometimes the competition brings the best out of people. Sometimes it's Josh Johnson going up against Drew Locke to be the starting quarterback with the Broncos, and they both suck. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, and here's the thing: we'll we'll get on our predictions as far as like we said regular season once we're in spring training about what were our expectations, kind of give you our over unders on numbers for the most part. But I will say it's about Mike Trout. Over under, does he play 125 or more games this year? Is he is he going to unfortunately hit the skid again, maybe miss a month, or you think he's going to actually play through the season? Like I told you, I think we've hit the unfortunate part of Mike Trout's career that if we're getting 130 to 140 games out of him, I'll take it. Okay. You know, the guy's 31 years old. You know, we've never seen Mike Trout this old, right? You know, and yeah, in the grand scheme of things, 31 isn't old. But, you know, say what you want, man. The guy's played a lot of baseball. He has a lot of miles on the on those legs. He's swung that bat a lot of times. So, 
you know, hey, Mike Trout is still Mike Trout. Mike Trout is still one of the most talented baseball players I've ever seen in my life. And if it wasn't for Shohei Otani, I'd be willing to say Mike Trout was the greatest baseball player on the planet. Good take. But, um, yeah, I mean, give me 140 games, Mike, and I'll take that happily. Okay. Sounds good. I mean, I would, I would too, man. Um, he's <sighs> definitely a phenom, but uh, you, you want to see the phenom in there as much as possible. That's why with a depth <sighs> they got, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing him hit the DH spot at least once or twice a week. Um, now we're going to go to the non non roster. I'll let you okay. take a shot at this. Uh, if you have the list pulled up, um, if you want to point yeah. out certain players that are going to stand out <sighs> for you going into okay. the spring training. So uh, this list is according to MLB.com. Now, some of these names uh, you'll definitely have heard of. Some of these names you wouldn't. And a lot of these guys are going to get looks because there's so many players participating in the World Baseball Classic. So naturally, there is a longer list than normal. So Sam Bachman's one of the biggest names on there. Uh, real quick, do you think we're going to see a lot of Sam Bachman this spring trading or just a little bit? I think you're going to see a lot of him uh, because I, I, I think they just – it's the it's time you know we we got we they, they flirted with it last year that they were going to bring him up they didn't do it and uh, we saw him finish very strong down there with the trash pandas and as well as i think he pitched with salt lake as well so i think there's a good chance we see him yeah yeah i agree with you you know he'll, he'll get because a lot of the times like they'll call some of these guys up they'll pitch like two or three times or they'll hit in two or three games and then they send him back down to like minor league spring training once that gets going but uh, yeah, I could see Sam Bachman going through all of spring training, or at least the bulk of it. I'm saying like 80% of it with the angels. I don't think he's going to break camp with the team. I think they're going to let him cook at least for like half of the year and then kind of go from there. Coleman Crow. Now he was a guy uh, he's been on the show before. Listen to that interview if you haven't already. Um, but uh, he's coming off a good year with the trash pandas. Mm -hmm. He obviously made the all-star game for the desert league in 2021. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do with Major League Camp. Uh, anything to say about Coleman Crow? Uh, yeah, he's just he's a guy that, that has a, uh, you know, a ceiling we have. We don't know he's going to hit yet, what, what type of ceiling he's going to hit. So he's definitely a wild card for me as well. All right, so we got Chris Davinsky. We have Jonathan Diaz. Now, Jonathan Diaz is a big one. He got DFA'd at some point during the offseason. But you called Luck it. Came right back, which I was yep. really happy about. Yep. Um. I like him. I, I like what I've seen out of him. You know, he's another guy I want him to get a legitimate chance. You know, prove us wrong. Maybe go for that swingman spot. I mean, I, I think he he has as good of a shot as anybody to get that six man uh, spot. I think the only thing that hurts him, unfortunately, because I'm glad you were right when you said, "Hey, man, they're going to DFA him. He's going to clear waivers. And he's going to come right back." And you called it. The only thing that I think hurts his opportunity to be a starter for the Angels is we have too many left-handers as it is. You know that that's that's going to kind of hurt because I know the Angels have been talking about we need a righty, we need a righty, we need a righty. So that's why a guy, you know, guys like Rodriguez and Canning are going to get a push with Bieria. Um, they're but I, I I love Jonathan's stuff, dude. He's got – I seen him pitch both times in person uh, out of the three that he pitched, uh, both times in Anaheim. And he pitched solid, man. I like. Did we see him pitch for the uh, that last game that I was in Anaheim before I moved? I don't know if he was pitching that game, but I know uh, I, know was I saw him. Wasn't he when I – no, it was, or was Otani pitching when I was there with uh, you and your fiancé? Uh, I think it was – Otani was pitching. It wasn't Diaz. Because okay. I've seen Diaz with Steve Elise, uh, yeah, the first time against Washington, and then I think the second time, I forget who they were playing, but I don't think it was when we were there. Yeah. Okay, okay, so maybe I was wrong. 
Mason Erla, Jonathan Holder, Ben Joyce. So Ben Joyce is the next name I wanted to stop at. Now, mm-hmm. on uh, another one that they were talking about, Unlocked on uh, Angels. Once again, check them out. Uh, ben Joyce, we all know what he's capable of, 105-mile-an-hour fastball, but he's got zero control of it, unfortunately. Uh, and that's a lot of the organization's complaint. He can throw the ball hard, but he can't control it. You know, and he doesn't have any good secondary pitches. Now, eventually, hopefully, he develops one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes you don't need an amazing secondary pitch. Look at Araldus Chapman. He's got a 105-mile-an-hour fastball. He's got an average slider. Mm-hmm. That's what Ben Joyce needs. He needs an average pitch because if you got a slider that's like 84 miles an hour, that's going to make that 105-mile-an-hour fastball that much faster. That is true. One thing I'll say about Ben Joyce, if he can develop like a, you know, a two-seamer, or a, a slider, something, just some kind of breaking ball, like you said, that's going to give a different look compared to the 105-mile-per-hour fastball. He doesn't necessarily need to plant the fastball in the same spot every freaking time. So I, I think if he's got enough movement to a secondary pitch, he'll be phenomenal. And I think the you know they really think he can uh, be that guy. But I I see him maybe doing a uh, you know getting in there, hopefully perfecting his spring training. And then maybe getting a September call-up, sort of like Frankie Rodriguez did to start his career. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a Frankie Rodriguez, but maybe he can come in there and give a nice shot in the arm if the Angels are in a uh, a shot to the playoffs or, or you know have a shot at the wild card. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll get a good look during spring training here, and <clears throat> we'll see what materializes out of that. Okay, uh, Jake Kalish, Luis Lido, Victor Medoros. Luke Murphy, Gerardo Reyes. Now he's another guy. He came over the Jason Castro trade from the Padres in, I believe, 2020. You know, he did decently as a Padre, had a really high K percentage. So I know a lot of Angels fans were excited about him. He had an arm injury when he came over. He's going to be participating in the World Baseball Classic. So we won't get to see much of him as an Angel this spring training. But I'm interested to see what he could do for Team Mexico in the World Baseball Classic. He's got a lively fastball. So, you know, he's another guy, man. Let's see what we get out of him. Fernando Romero, Kenny Rosenberg, uh, been on the show a couple of times or before. Uh, he's a guy who I'm really excited to see. But once again, like you said, he's at a disadvantage because he's a lefty. Yeah. For the first time in a long time, the Angels have an influx of uh, too many lefties. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. And I want to say he was another guy who was DFA'd this winter, I believe. He was, yes. Uh, Eric Torres, Cesar Valdez, Cam Vukes, I probably said that wrong. Nash Walters, Austin Warren, another DFA candidate. Uh, I know a lot of Angels fans were super upset when they DFA'd him, especially because it was because we signed Grant <clears throat> Phillips, of all people. Correct. But luckily it worked out. Austin Warren's back. I like what we I, I like what I've seen out of the kid. He had a really tough year last year, but who wouldn't if they got hit in the nose by a uh, batting practice ball in Boston? Yeah, the one the one time we do batting practice and we hit our own guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jacob Webb was a uh, was a uh, minor league acquisition. He was a name who people were somewhat excited about as he was forming on the Braves. Yeah, uh, Keenan Yavon, and he was the last pitcher. So as far as catchers, we got Miles Emerson, Jose Godoy, Anthony Mulrine, Edgar Quero, Quero, and Chad Wallach. Chad Wallach, uh, probably the biggest name there. Edgar Quero. I don't know if it's Guerrero or Cuero, mm-hmm. but um, he was supposed to be on the show. We should probably reach back out to him about that. <laughs> I think we, I think we should. Yeah, that's on me. Um, he's probably messaged us like four times about it. So my Has bad, he... Edgar. Yeah. Oh, dude, <laughs> my hit, bad, Edgar. <laughs> hit him up right after the show, then. Yeah, 
Yeah, like I, I psych myself out. Spanish is my first language, but like he primarily speaks Spanish. I haven't done a full Spanish interview yet, so I'm always like, can I do it? Lo puedo ser so nervioso. Hey, you sound uh, good, man. It's better than me going C, C. <laughs> you know? Hey, I don't know, man. You told me a story that uh, you've impressed before with your Spanish. Yeah, but I, I, I've been very lazy on keeping up with my Spanish, so. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Just got to go down to TJ for go get some tacos. Yeah, then you're forced to do it. Exactly. Um, but so, yeah, yeah, Chad Wallach, man, he's he's one that I'm excited to see. Yeah, I, I would I would see Wallach up here, obviously, because he's got major league experience with Miami as well. Uh, we talked about him. He uh, he didn't hit his weight, but uh, he came up here and called great games when he was in there. A lot of Angel fans respect that. So if he had to come up to fill in for one of the catchers, I'm happy with that. Uh, Edgar Cuero, real quick, is another one I want to keep an eye on because he's he, he's predicted to blow through the system pretty quick. Very solid single-A year last year in the IE, 17 homers, 75 RBIs. So he'll be making that trash pandas jump pretty soon here. Yeah, I'm sure he'll probably be at double A to start the year. I mean, he's still pretty young. He was born in 2003, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's. My I'm dog. sorry, I'm at that weird age now where I'm starting to some feel kind of old. I mean, I'm 28 years old, but now I'm at that age where like some of these guys are significantly younger than me. Dude, that's my daughter's age, man. You know what I mean? So I, I think about. Well, it's that. weird. I'm sure you remember being like in your late 20s. Like it's weird. You still feel young. But then you're constantly reminded, like, oh, God, Shrek came out like 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Or things like yeah. that. You're just like, you don't even think about it. Well, yeah, it trips me out when I found out, you know, like, or when I think about, you know, the Ninja Turtles have been out over 30 years. It's like, what the hell? But, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, what exactly. It's also weird to think that, like, some of these people who were born after the year 2000 are able to drink now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> that'll put it in perspective for you. Uh, so in terms of the infielders, Jer Jeremiah Jackson has been in the organization for a while now. Very disappointed uh, he's, he's never gotten a call-up. Well, I mean, he's never really had that great of a minor league career. I don't know if you want to pull up his numbers real quick for his well, minor league career. Well, I mean, I got his numbers right here. It's just I, I, I would have loved to have seen him have an, a better opportunity because who's a guy we sent to uh, Baltimore and they used him, like, right away? Uh, gosh, uh, Jemai Jones. There you go, yeah. We, he never got a fair shake here, but he went on a trade to get us ourselves a pitcher. I think it was Dylan Bundy. Uh, or maybe wrong. Yeah, that sounds right. Either for the but, record, for anybody who plays MLB The Show, Jeremiah Jackson, absolute, or not Jeremiah Jackson, sorry, Jeremiah Jones, absolute glitch. The guy is like a 60-something overall, hits bombs, hits nukes. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, let's see. So his numbers, Um, let's see. Yeah, not impressive, not impressive, not impressive. Not <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not even going to get into that double-A, but he's, he's a double-A guy. He's never made that jump here to the triple-A uh let's see go i mean he, he has he ever hit double digits and home runs as an angel besides his rookie year uh let's see 2022 he hit he hit 14 okay there you go yeah 14 yeah i think he impressed as like a member of the the owls yeah he I was 20, he a... 23 and 60 with the owls yeah exactly yeah 14 and 44 last year see i didn't even have to look it up yeah you knew that it's right off the top of your head it's up here all I'm looking at on my iPad is just the roster. You can't see it because of the background, but I'm just looking at the roster, I swear. With all that pollution back there, we weren't able to see. Exactly. <laughs> it's even worse here in prison. Uh, Taylor Jones is another infielder. Jake Lamb is a big one. He's been around the league for a while. Made an all-star game with the Diamondbacks. Zach Neto expected to come on the show at some point here. Hopefully him and his dad are able to make that happen. Uh, 
Zach Neto, you know, I, I don't think he's going to get the call up to the majors, obviously, but he'll get a shot up here. You know, he'll get some reps. We'll get to see him play against some of these major, some of this major league talent and see what happens. Kevin Padlow and then Kyron Paris is another guy, kind of disappointing minor league career. Super Billy Epler guy, had a lot of athleticism, just hasn't been able to pan out. Exactly. Jordan Adams, we're, we're going on to right uh, outfielders now. Jordan Adams, same thing like Kylan Paris and Jeremiah Jackson. A lot of talent. And Joe Adele, for that matter of fact, unfortunately, hasn't panned out. So he he the, hiccups and the, the thing the thing is with him is he just hasn't had too many uh like like I like his stolen bases. He's a speedy dude. He had 33 yep. last year. Um four home runs, though. The power is not gonna get him up here. He might be one of these guys that maybe slides in as a uh, you know, uh I mean if he could hit his weight. Um, which he did pretty good. He had an on-base percentage of uh, 317, but he only hit uh, – no, he hit 238. If he could bring his average up, I'm pretty damn sure he could be something useful to the Angels maybe. Well, the highest he's ever gotten is high, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, the Tri-City Dust Devils. Yeah, so he's I'm, – I'm hoping he could, you know, at some point be like a utility, like a Sean Figgins type dude, but uh, that's that's going on a limb. Yeah, we'll see. Ryan Aguilar, we saw a little bit of him last year in an Angels uniform. Luis Barry, uh, Barrera, Trey Cabbage, Bryce, I can't even pretend to say this, Pio Docio, <laughs> hey, close and Aaron Whitfield, another guy who we saw in an Angels uniform to end the year. True. Um, it is, you know, nothing crazy is going to come out of the outfield position out of it, roster invites. Realistically, none of these guys I really listed I can see making the major league roster. Maybe Jake Lamb, maybe Chad Wallach, assuming the Angels don't get an actual backup catcher and they don't roll with Logan O'Happy. They just send him down to the minors. They decide to send Matt Dice back down there. You know, Chad Wallach might get a might get a chance at the major league roster. Besides that, it's it just a lot of these young, unproven guys. You know, they're, they're going to get their chance because there's so many angels in the world baseball classic but uh you know there's a lot of these guys who will be fun to see you know I, hopefully jordan Adams can come up here you know cause some havoc along the base paths and um yeah go from there yeah exactly i mean it's it's gonna be an interesting season uh to say the least uh we've got a lot to look forward to the schedule's uh gonna be uh popping off here pretty soon spring training will be getting underway here in march i believe uh or maybe last few days of february actually yeah last few days of february february 25th we're only gonna we're only a uh geez only a week and a half out when they play the mariners and then we got the white Sox, giants athletics to finish out february before we start march with the brewers royals dodgers cubs and then the week i will hopefully be out there if nothing changes it will be against the rockies and the united states which will feature mike trout facing off against his team the angels right before they play the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm hoping to make it out there, man. I know you yeah. and I talk about it pretty often. Yeah, that's what that's the hope. Unless I mean, cause I always throw that out there just in case, you know, work throws me a, a sidearm, but uh, I'm going to I'm definitely making plans to do the Rockies and United States game at least. And I'm, I was going to try to squeeze in the Dodgers the next day, but uh we'll see what happens. Um my, you know, it's it's here, man. Um you know, it, it creeps up on you pretty quickly, especially after the NFL Super Bowl just finished on Sunday. So, you know, baseball, it's your time. You got to take it full advantage. Um, are, anything you're looking forward to this season as far as the new rule changes? I mean, I'm I'm interested to see how the pitch clock will 
will change baseball. I mean, the pitch clock isn't really that big of a factor. I mean, we've heard from Ty Buttery that it's just something that, you know, these players get used to. I mean, realistically, it's not going to trim much of the game off anyway. So whatever, man, it is what it is. I'm a little upset that the extra inning rule sticking around, but I mean, at this point, we've gotten used to it anyway. Yeah. I think the biggest, the biggest change for me will be this, this, the, uh, what is it? The shift being gone. Yeah. And once again, all the shift being gone means is that two players have to stay, you know, the third baseman and the shortstop have to stay on that side of second base. The first baseman and the second baseman have to stay on that side of second base. You know, they can still shift themselves. They just can't do these aggressive shifts where everyone's on the right side of the infield anymore. Yeah, you know, those you. days are gone. That's and I why, think they have to stay on the on the dirt. They that's can't go I, like play in the grass. I'm sorry. No, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. And what's the penalty if they're on the grass? I don't know. I I, I guess I haven't looked into that. Yeah, I haven't either. I, I know that they were mentioning something about it, but that's why I think a guy like you know Walsh is going to restore his batting average. Granted, he stays healthy. Yeah. I mean, there's so many times where I do was just grounding right to the the, the secondary or third um, infielder on the right side or hitting a line drive to the dude that's playing shallow right field. Um, you know, you can say what you want about you know, them having to go the other way. We've preached about that too, but it's just not going to happen for certain players. But the players that are pool ball hitters, they're going to get back to their numbers they had a few years ago. Yeah, we'll see. The other thing is like the whole uh, pitchers can only attempt to pick off batters twice. Mm, that's true. And then – if they do anything more than that and they don't pick off the batter, uh, then uh, it's a balk automatically. That'll be interesting to see how the mentality changes because yeah, you can still, because everyone's like, Oh, well, why won't they just steal after the second t- pickoff attempt? Because they know that they can't pick off again, you know, just take a giant lead. No, they can still pick you off. It's just, if they attempt to pick you off the third time and they don't, then it's a balk. Well, not only that, but if, say, for instance, we waste two throws over there, like on a guy like Mondesi or someone that's like super fast, um, you know, like a Chisholm or whatever, and then, uh, you know, he's like, okay, I got the green light. They can't throw over again. You could always pitch out, you know? Yeah, exactly. You could always give it to your catcher. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. It's just we don't have <laughs> we don't have Ivan Rodriguez back there. We don't have uh, Molina back there. So we're trusting Statue Stassi not to throw it into center field. So that might be a, a problem because, uh, you know, we had we had one guy, Stassi, that would airmail it always to the outfield, and then we had Suzuki that would hit, that would throw ground balls into the outfield. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully Ohapi can be a little bit more accurate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the thing with that is the fact that the Angels, yeah, it's been quite a while since they've had a really, really, really good throwing catcher. Like, yeah, Max Stassi is decent defensively. He doesn't have a noodle arm or anything like that, but, you know. Well, yeah, threw- exactly. I always remember him throwing into the outfield. I'm just like, no, don't do that. <laughs> he threw out base runners at a 17% clip last year. That's terrible. It was one of the worst in baseball. So uh, you could see why Martin Maldonado, I think he had a 50 or 50 maybe even close to 60% throwing out base runners. Did I you th- see what Austin Hedges is? No, I didn't. No, I'm saying, can you look at it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let I me don't... look that up real quick. Uh... Yeah, because Austin Hedges is a guy who I've always liked. I mean, yeah, the guy can't, you know, hit water and fill up a boat. But, you know, you and I have had this talk, you know, on the phone out there before that, uh, 
Catchers, man, as long as you can catch a good game and call a good game behind the plate, I don't care what you do with the bat. That's true. I mean, um, if you have a strong enough lineup, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, exactly. but uh, you know, you can you can put a Martin Maldonado out there. That's why the Astros have yeah. been so good. I mean, Martin Maldonado bats like two twenty or whatever, but you know, he's a he's a positive war player. He'll give you a good defense behind the dish. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's see. No, this is looking up the wrong stats here. I'm trying to find his throwing out to see stolen bases against. Okay. Uh, his best year was with San Diego. He threw out uh, 12 of 36 base runners. Uh, he threw out 14 of 45 in 2021 and 13 out of 60. So that's not, not great. good. <laughs> not man, good. I wonder what happened, man. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> true, true. Um, but yeah, look, this team, this team's going to be something, uh, to watch, um, They've got a lot of bright spots. You have a lot of uh, promise, um, but a lot is going to come up to can the Angels repeat what they did pitching. If they can repeat the pitching situation that they had last year, this team has a really, really good chance to go somewhere special. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't respect the fact that the Angels actually had decent pitching. Everyone's just so used to it. By everyone, I just mean casual baseball fans around the league. Just have that mentality, well, the Angels don't have pitching. And, you know, they didn't know that our pitching was pretty good last year. It wasn't a problem. Yeah, it blew, it blew my mind. Last thing I'll say is is it just blew my mind how many times in the post game people were like, God dang, we got to fire Matt Wise. And, and you know, we lost this game three to two. It's like. The pitching didn't blow it, dude. I mean, yeah. I, if, <laughs> maybe you can argue that sometimes the bullpen blew it, you know, for certain pieces of the bullpen, maybe, but yeah, exactly. So you got anything else to follow up on here? No, man, I'm just, I'm excited. You know, pitchers or catchers are starting to report. Now we're starting to see those videos come out of certain players already out in Tempe and mm-hmm. super excited, man. Baseball's around the corner and I can't wait to talk a little bit more and, you know, for the first week or two, we'll be excited about spring training, and then we'll be like, "This sucks." But at least we have the World <laughs> Baseball Classic to, you know, to help us through it. Because nothing's worse than watching like week three of spring training when you still have got guys like Bobo McLoser trying to make the team. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much like, like some people like last year and the year before were like, "How come you guys weren't into the Dodgers series, you know, Angels?" Because I I only get into like one of those games. The last two like are super yeah. irrelevant. Starters don't play, like you said, Bubba McBubba plays and there's no really no point the guys aren't going to make the squad it's like it's a waste yeah, um, yeah exactly and, and that, don't give me this whole thing about like oh well it's because you guys don't like you know actual baseball let me get this straight i love minor league baseball games honestly a lot of the times i prefer to go to a minor league game over the major league games sometimes some of these major leaguers they're down by four runs they don't care they're like whatever man i'm just gonna mail it in you never see that in a minor league game every one of those guys is trying to get out of those shitty meals and you yeah. know, they're trying to eat you. They're trying to go live that life of a major leaguer. So they're always hungry. They're always running out every ground ball. They're trying to make every play. They're not prima donnas. Yeah. Every, every at bat counts. Exactly. So, they're trying to get to the show. Yeah. So I, I'm by that time, the last week or so of spring training, I'm done. I, I just want to see b- yeah. real baseball, competitive baseball, regular season yeah. baseball. But like you said, added bonus this year to help us get through it. World baseball classic. 
Exactly. Honestly, we probably won't even. I probably won't even be paying attention too much to spring training. Like, obviously, I look at the numbers. I'll watch the highlights to see certain performances. Yeah. But on it, you know, spring training games can get really dry, man. I can watch the first four or five innings, and then it's kind of like, all right, man, this is. Well, yeah, because for me, <laughs> my dad still uh, he my dad will still be like, "Hey, the Angels win today." I'm like, "No, nah, I lost like uh, six to five. He's like, "They had a five nothing lead in the fifth inning." I'm like, "Yeah, that's because half their players picked up their <laughs> duffel bags and went home. Yeah, and all the guys that don't play got in there and then blew the game." He's like, "Why are you put him in there?" I'm like, "They don't care about winning, dude. It's just about getting at bats." And, and- it was like uh, it's like Pop Warner, but they have like the fifth quarter. Yeah, it's like my dad knows more baseball than I do, but for some reason he can't yeah. get the spring training concept. All these years later, he's just still- to apologize this. The Angels always win spring training. They always win this mythical <laughs> Cactus League championship. And what has it gotten us? Nothing. Yeah. Except for Roger Lodge's false lies and false narratives. And it's funny because my dad will often say it. He goes, you know how many years the Angels have like a terrible spring training and then they have a great regular season? Why is that? I'm like, I don't know, but it's usually the opposite. You know, when they, they yeah, have normally great- they have a great spring training. <laughs> yeah. We got to hope for like a what? Out of spring training games, like 27, 28. We got to hope that they're like 3 and 25. Yeah, dude. I was. I want to say it was like 2017 where they went like undefeated for like a week or two. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that because I remember being like, oh, my gosh, they're not losing. Yeah, you kind of get caught up in the hype in spring training at times. You know, if guys go yeah, off, yeah. you're like, oh, this, uh, uh, what is it, John McFart, he has, he's hit nine home runs in four days. You're like, this guy's going to make the squad. And then he yeah. never hear from him again. <laughs> On four, yeah, exactly. The guy was cut and you didn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, was, uh, he was so unknown that his mom didn't even know yeah. that she gave birth to him. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So uh, we got a lot to look forward to. We're probably going to have a couple more shows here coming up in the next few days. Yeah, Sarah Valenzuela from LA Times is supposed to come on. So uh, if all goes according to plan, uh, that episode will be out Friday or will be out Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. And then uh, at some point, me and you will have another show. And then also maybe a Halo Joe. Uh, we were teasing him being on, uh, given the, uh, but uh, he had some work. So we're going to have him on here sooner than later. So we're going to have some more content coming out there. And uh, the closer we get, we're going to have more previews. We're going to start talking more serious baseball things and going around the league. Yeah, absolutely. Stay tuned. All right. All right. So for Todd Fox and Fernando, check us out on the flip side. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Halos of the Infield. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media as well as all of our friends of the show. Leave that five-star review, and we'll see you guys soon. Viva Los Angelitos!